0: It's only a couple of weeks ago that I had an experience that many of you have had. I was getting into the car with my daughter and put on my seatbelt and I checked my shirt pocket and I checked my pants pockets and I could not for the life of me find my sunglasses. I said, Oh, I must have lost my sunglasses. And this little voice in the back seat said, Dad, they're on your head. <laughs> We have a saying in our family that's a Japanese proverb, Bodai which is one of those pithy things that comes out of many ancient cultures. It literally means, the lighthouse is darker. It's a proverb for lost things. The lighthouse shines on everything else, but the lighthouse itself is dark. In other words, look on yourself. Before you start looking elsewhere proverbs have a long standing tradition in most ancient societies and today we get a taste of the ancient hebrew proverbs these lovely pithy sayings that are that come from time immemorial you know they're they're so ancient we don't know when they were written or when they were put to paper and clearly they were probably part of the oral tradition long before they were written down And today's proverbs tell us about one of the oldest problems in the human family and in human society and in human community and that is the problem of course of privilege. Every society has a way in which it privileges members over others and it has a way of organizing the community in that sense of privilege. But the problem that becomes so clear in scripture is that when people are privileged they often become blind and deaf and even mute to the needs of those who are less privileged than they are. The letter of James addresses precisely this problem in an early Christian community where obviously privilege had become a major issue for this community as it gathered and those who were wealthy received the seats of honor and those who were not were told to sit in the less honored places. James points out that this is no better than the distinctions of the rest of the world. How does this make you different? He points out to them. You are making judgments just like the rest of the world makes, saying who is greater and who is lesser. Someone said to me earlier this week, we're very good at painting ourselves into corners with judgment. James points out, if we're going to paint ourselves into corners, we might as well do it with mercy. Which brings us to today's gospel, which is a very hard gospel at one level, because as we read it, we are scandalized by We are scandalized, perhaps most of all, by Jesus' words to the Syrophoenician woman. This story, I think it's safe to say, would have been much beloved by Mark's first audience, particularly by the Gentile Christians who first heard these words. But what is being disclosed here in this strange story which so sticks in our minds? One of the best teachers I ever had used to say, you can take a postcard picture of any moment in your life, and any moment in a relationship, and if you look at it carefully enough, you can find out everything you need to know about yourself and about the other person. This is one of those postcard moments. In these few words, the gospel message is encapsulated for all who are able to hear it. Jesus has gone to Tyre for a break. He's gotten out of the hot house where he has been under the gun, if you will, of the religious authorities and he just wants to escape, get away, relax, refresh, just like we all do when we've been in the pressure cooker for too long. The setup for this story, as you recall, was from last week, where Jesus had a debate with the religious authorities about ritual purity and the fact that his disciples did not wash their hands before they ate. I don't think Jesus expected to have another conversation about ritual purity with somebody outside of the Israelite community, but he does. And it's when he is confronted by the Syrophoenician woman. Jesus, like the rest of us, has a lot of cultural programming in his background. He has been programmed to know that Canaanites, Syrophoenicians... Are lower than low. So low in fact they're considered like the dogs are, lowest on the purity scale. They have no place in the community of the Israelites and in fact if you go back and you read the sacred texts they are the ones if you will remember whom the Israelites reportedly drove out so that they could claim the land. The Syrophoenician woman embodies everything that Israelites have been taught to hate and despise, paganism, worshipping multiple gods, not at all connected with the temple in Jerusalem or their beloved Yahweh. And so all of that is playing in Jesus' mind when he is confronted with this woman who comes to him demanding that he heal her daughter. But the great irony that Mark wants us to hear in the gospel message is that she comes to Jesus differently than just about anyone else has recently in the story. Most of the people who have approached Jesus recently have approached him because they find Jesus to be a scandal. They have taken offense at him particularly the religious authorities. Anyone who has been privileged in Jesus' world has been scandalized by him. He is their scandalon, if you'll remember last week, their stumbling block. Something so offensive that they cannot abide him. But the Syrophoenician woman approaches him from completely the other direction. She approaches him and bows down at his feet. She looks at him through the eyes of faith. In that moment, Jesus casts aside all of the cultural tapes and all of the claims to privilege and honors her request. That is the gospel message for us this day. And it is why Mark moves immediately on then to this story about Jesus healing the deaf, mute man. And we get the original Aramaic, "efata," be opened, a message that echoes across the centuries even to us. Christ's call, be opened, he says as I have been opened by this Syrophoenician woman's incredible faith. All of us, as we engage in the world on a day-to-day basis, are called to learn that often, often it is the marginalized and the minority, the refugee, the people in our communities with the least privilege, who have the most profound faith who have a great gift to share, who see the world more realistically and more through God's eyes than those of us who inhabit places of privilege do. Our challenge is to be open to those stories, to embrace them in relationship, to paint ourselves into corners of mercy rather than corners of righteousness. And this is such a critical message for all of us to hear in these days when all of the West is struggling right now with a huge wave of refugees coming out of the Middle East. On a day when our church leadership has asked us to stand in solidarity with the African Methodist Episcopal Church and their calls to end the ongoing blight of racism in our society, and our country. It is a call to recognize and let go of our privilege, that which makes us deaf and which often causes us to be tongue-tied. If Jesus can respond to the call to be open, perhaps we can follow his example. The good news is with all of our cultural tapes and everything else we are reminded this day that we are in good company. Jesus had those too. But in that steady drip of the word and sacrament that we receive each week, we must also hear his call to follow his lead, hefatta, be opened begin to see the world as God sees it, and to embrace the new community as God would have it. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at oursaviourmv.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.